Welcome to Under the Blanket, the podcast, and uh, here we are. This is it. This moment contains all timelines, all levels of reality, all beings. It's all of it is within this moment. So just settle into it. You don't have to juice it all up or hype it all up. Just relax and let this podcast wash over you. Now, uh, with us today on the podcast is Marcus Rummery. Marcus, introduce yourself. Hi, Baba. Thanks for having me on. I didn't know the name of the podcast was Under the Blanket. That's a little weird. <laughs> well, uh, you know, that's that's a good thing to bring up first because it's weird as far as someone's like uh, – looking at it from a second chakra perspective. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. In the second chakra, a pencil is a phallic, a flower's vaginal. They see everything in sexual terms. When you go up to these higher chakras, that, that's irrelevant. But regardless I think I'm that, stuck not, down there. Anyway, I'm not saying that's you or anything. I'm just saying yeah. that's one oh, way yeah. to look at it. That's all. Yeah, no, that was an excellent point. But I'll tell you where it came from, though. The under the blanket thing comes from my lineage of Maharaji and Ramdas to be under the blanket means to be in the grace of the cosmic oneness of our guru who fills the whole universe. So he, he, um, in a physical form wore a blanket and, you know, sometimes you do miracles like he'd pull out, uh, fruit from under his blanket and people are like, how he's having that many oranges and bananas under his blanket. They wouldn't be able to like, Things that are not explainable, you would do that kind of stuff. So that maybe maybe he just knew sleight of hand. Yeah, like there's there's people that uh uh have the cynical Western mindset that mm-hmm. they can't understand things like that. But I'll give you an example of something he does uh recently. Um, recently I got this like from uh, someone I spiritually advise. They sent me a book. Of like mm. posters from the psychedelic sixties, you know. You get paid for that? Yeah, it's like a little tiny little book. Okay. And it has um, you know, posters from that era of Heat Ashbury, like the Mo- and then it has the Monterey awesome. Pop Festival, Woodstock, the Human Being. I love that kind um, of art. So I was putting that on my. And he also sent me a little bit of like these shaman um, incense sticks and all that. So mm. long story short. I put all that up there and lit the incense. I made a little video and I was going to post online and I was like, hmm, what video, what picture should I include of Maharaji? And that's uh, the blanket guy. And uh, I was like, I was uh, thinking of maybe something on Google. And all of a sudden, uh, my partner, at least she sees a candle and the candle moves by itself to point at a picture of Maharaji directly at it. And that's how Maharaji works. He can do all that stuff that, well, a Western cynical person says you have to have laws of physics, Newtonian. There has to be an energy of some sort. You have to push something mm-hmm. to get it to move. And I've had experiences like that. But I'm sympathetic. I'm really am to people that they have that Western cynicism mm-hmm. where they haven't had those experiences. And it doesn't have to be Western. It's just it's just that there's alternative explanations that are possible. But so is what you're suggesting. It's still possible. I'm open to all the possibilities. 
even though I'm a WCP, as you say, a Western cynical person. No, that's not. <laughs> but you, what I think, you, whenever you, I see Neem Kuro, sorry, go ahead. You are not a Western cynical person. You are love. Mm. Well, I do the best I can. But in, in, in my, I've always, every time I've seen a picture of Neem Karoli Baba, he's in a, in a blanket. So I, I think that's a that's a good name. And also, uh, I I am a Bikram yoga teacher, and uh, at the Bikram teacher trainings, supposedly, uh, he'd have the girls jerking him off under the blanket. Well, I, I don't know if that's Bikram true. Yoga, uh, that guy is uh, he's a whole different uh, realm of guru. I actually saw some of that documentary. It's, he has very strong evidence that he's a, a sexual abuser and all that. Oh, very I, strong. Uh, yeah. I agree. My intuition is that he is like a I think your intuition is ego. Totally correct. He does. Uh, do yeah, he's no guru. What's your take on he's, that, Marcus? I, I agree with your assessment. Uh, he's no guru, but uh, he, the, the yoga is amazing, and, and he's helped a lot of people. Uh, oh, yeah, I, totally agree. I, I, I totally agree that people can take his class or have taken his class and become very good yoga teachers or got something out of it. That's the funny thing. Your guru can be a phony or even a bad person or on an ego trip, but you could you everybody's the guru. So you could mm-hmm. get something out of even Donald Trump. You could like see through the cult of personality. Oh, sure. And, yeah. He's, Donald Trump can be quite very funny, and so could Bikram. But uh, the uh, as to him being a sexual predator, there's, there's a, that's absolutely true. But compared to Neem Karoli Baba, who has no allegations like that about him, and, and is seems like seems sincere and authentic, it's a completely different situation. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think. But you know, uh, as this podcast uh, and our, my, our lineage, my lineage, does we don't push Neem Karoli Baba. It's like mm-hmm. some people, it's not like Jesus freaks where we got to convert anybody. That's just the way we see the blanket. Ultimately, he's nobody special. We're all the same being. So people that get caught, they could get caught in that trap of seeing him. Like he would never be like, oh, I'm the guru and all that kind of stuff. He, he was, he always said sub X, which means it's all one. So it, mm-hmm. it's all one means there's nobody special, right? I think the, the 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 idea of sitting darshan. I, I may be saying that wrong. Is that how you, you know that word darshan? Yeah, darshan. Darshan. You sit. It, it's like if you're it, just being in someone's presence changes your consciousness and enlightens you. Uh, and I think that from what I've heard, he had that quality. He certainly did for Richard Alpert before, he be, and then he became Ramdas through that experience. Yes, and uh, the famous story with the psychedelics is that he was given the psychedelics. Twice, a uh, mm-hmm. really high dose of acid, Osley acid, which is a famous producer of LSD in the mm-hmm. 60s, and nothing happened to him. And there's like a whole long story about that. And it's pretty cool. Yeah, and no, I, I read uh, Be Here Now, and I remember that story. Like he gave him like hundreds and hundreds of mics twice, and he never flinched. And, it, and it's a similar thing was said about Timothy Leary, that most people would take high doses of acid and they become disorganized and a mess. And Timothy Leary would become cold and calculating. So not not to compare those two, because there's a definitely a moral schism between the two. But um, he is, his reaction to LSD was quite unique. I think. But you, I, I know I, I cut you off when you were introducing me and I, I uh, we got on a tangent about blankets. No, no worries. This is all like 
that brings up a good thing. Like, okay, I was introducing mm-hmm. you, but like, who's really in control here? I mean, it's a big issue. It, like, I find what helps me as far as the spiritual path is I'm not the doer. Right now, he's talking. You know, if someone else might have been doing a podcast, they're talking. They have something to say. They're actively doing. They're doing a podcast. On From my path, I just be here now, and I rest in a state of non-action, like just being here. And that state is fulfilled. It's content. It feels not separate from the universe. It's like that state you get in right at a certain peak in like a psychedelic. And that's within us. And you learn to live in that and be in it. And then things just happen. So this all just happens, you know? Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. So describe more about what you're about. Because this is your first time on the show. So talk about what your spiel is and all like all the stuff uh, as far okay. as your roles in society and so on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I started off in stand-up comedy, which is a good thing spiritually. Because in, in uh, Be Here Now, at one point, Neem Karali Baba says to Richard Alpert, did you make many people laugh in America? And Richard Alpert's like, well, I don't know, I guess so. And he says, oh, that's good. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I started off with stand-up comedy, and then I became a yoga teacher, and I'm also a musician. And now uh, I'm going to school to become a psychedelic therapist. I'm getting a master's degree in counseling. And I've written a book about a famous hospital here in Vancouver near Vancouver called Hollywood Hospital, where they did LSD mescaline psychotherapy for 20 years. It's called Shamanic Graffiti. Second edition is coming out soon. And uh, that's the spiel. Those are my hats. Yeah, so um, as far as uh, the psychedelic therapy goes, I mean, so Uh that's legitimate. And you could go to school for it and be like a professional psychedelic therapist in Canada, so maybe go into more of that because probably well, that's not not quite like that. You, know, it, and it, well, yeah, in in the states or in the USA or America, that's where all the the research is America, happening. So the property is America. America. <laughs> all right. So in America, that's where most of the research is, like like uh, California, and, and there's probably in the um, Center for Integral Studies. Uh, there's probably a master's degree in psychedelic therapy, whereas for me, I'm just getting a, a master's degree in counseling, and then from there, uh, you be, you, you're going to be able to legally give psychedelics. So you have to have that degree. They're not—they they don't know anything about psychedelic therapy. But when is it going to be, from your prediction? I mean, hmm. unless you actually know the future, but if mm-hmm. you can just predict it for us, let's sure. say in uh, uh, Alabama. There's Cletus, and Cletus, you know, he's ahead of his time. He does the psychedelics, but on the illicit market, and he's sitting mm-hmm. in his trailer, and he's tripping out, and he's, 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 he's a profound being. He meditates. Mm-hmm. He's really, he's humble. He's got a few followers around town and all that, but he wants to be legit. He wants to go into professional psychedelic therapy. Where do you mm-hmm. see, when do you see that happening down the line? Well, in Alabama, there may not be a university that you can go to to study it, but there will be people doing uh, psychedelic therapy with ketamine, with MDMA, with psilocybin, 
Alabama, 2025, New York City, 2023. There's already ketamine clinics. There's one in Toronto for sure. That And it's it's not just where you go in and they give you the ketamine and leave you alone for 90 minutes uh, where it's seen as strictly biological, but rather there's a whole process to it where there's like an introductory meditation and, and uh, it's a, somewhat of a um, guided or, or there's a sitter for the psychedelic therapy. And that, that's so that's cool what I'm interested in. I live in, uh, as far as me, a flesh popsicle. I, the flesh popsicle that I'm in lives in New Jersey and Philadelphia is close to New Jersey. I don't know how familiar you are with you know, the states, but there is a ketamine therapy there. I even have a family member. I won't mention anything more than that, but they've done that and had success mm. with it. They definitely wouldn't be listening to this, but they've done it. And they tried everything else, Marcus, every pill, every therapy, every meditation. And they had su- success for the most depressed you could be disorder, which mm-hmm. is ketamine therapy. So maybe you could talk about that for people that are really depressed out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it apparently helps with that kind of suicidal depression. Uh, it helps the brain uh, grow new neurons and new connections. Uh, and we don't really know exactly how it works, but there is a psychological component and, and the meaning people give to experiences makes them more or less therapeutic. But we just we don't really know exactly how it works, but uh, there's hundreds of studies on it and, and it's just it's part of the future for sure. What I like to see Who's is people going. Sorry. Who's we? Uh, what did I say? You said we don't know this. I'm just. I'm oh just, well, scientists don't know. Scientists don't know. Scientists, scientists don't know. Exactly. You identify with the scientific community. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, unfortunately. That's okay. But I'm hoping. <laughs> I have newsflash for you, dude. You mm-hmm. are love. Yeah. <laughs> you well, that sounds money. better. It's okay, you're already loved now. <laughs> Even if you think you're the scientific community, that's fine. I'm not putting you down. I'm just making conversation. But behind all that melodrama, you are eternal love, man. But anyway, let's get into uh, well, that's good news. psychedelics go with, uh, you know, uh, spiritual and revolution and stuff. We'll get dip into the 60s and stuff. There is this mm-hmm. guy that's part of Be Here Now. Maybe you remember him. He was part of that lineage. He had a split and went into his own. Uh, thing in California, but he was called Harry Das Baba, and he said something oh, about yeah. psychedelics that maybe would be cool for you to talk about. Is that sure. cool? I'm going to bring that up. Bring it up. I've never even heard of that guy. All right, great. So he's in Be Here Now. He's like, Ram Dass has the guru, which is named Kro Baba, and he also had a teacher of yoga, Ashtanga yoga, Hari Das Baba, that was part of that lineage, and then later split after Be Here Now got published and so on. Long story. Anyway, so Hari Das Baba was asked by uh, Richard Albert, now Ram Das, uh, at that time, was like, what is it? You know, he asked Neem Kro Baba, and he didn't say anything. At that time, later, he said what it was, but he just, nothing happened. So he was, like, looking for some words, basically, I think. So he was mm-hmm. like, Hari Das Baba, what is it? And Hari Das Baba was silent, he just wrote on a chalkboard. He never talked out loud. That's how he talked mm-hmm. on a chalkboard. And he wrote... Something like this. Forgive me if I quoted it a little wrong, but uh, LSD is like a Christ in America. It's awakening people in the Kali Yuga. 
uh, America is a very materialistic country, and they wanted uh, a, a form of God in a material, and they got mm-hmm. it with LSD. It's kind of like a, a blessing for America, and I think also other countries in the Western. Well, uh, I was gonna say it was, it was just there are other countries in the world, you know. <laughs> Everybody was using it. I mean, that's a lot to write on a blackboard. Said, I'm not saying if I agree with it, but just what's your yeah. take on it? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting take on it. It's you're 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 he's using his own uh, metaphors and mythology to explain it. So it's kind of limited to people like the Kali Yuga. Isn't that like what does that mean? Is a an epoch of destruction or? Well, uh, a good way to understand it is that the age of the modern age is an age of materialism and mm-hmm. ego and like separation. And mm-hmm. that brings up a whole different subject because, you know, there are these people that say, which he would probably agree that be, before recorded history, there were some, uh, or maybe in the Vatican archives, I don't want to get too conspiracy theory, but it could be that there was like in India and maybe in South America and Africa, some sort of civilizations that were based in oneness and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, that are the Western white supremacist version of history that maybe it's covered up in the and then they would take it in group uh rituals that were orgiastic and because you couldn't identify the paternity of children women were revered as holiest or supreme because they could actually generate life and then you get it and this is this is terence mckenna's kind of thinking and then you get into the the ego and the rise of uh civilization and like agrarian society and like bronze age gods so instead of a a plant having a spirit you have these abstractions of god that are sort of all-powerful and and then we get into the things that that guy's talking about materialism and ego and yeah, so um, I think that's what yeah, it's meant, that this current time is materialistic and that there was some sort of time before that wasn't like that. That was more like you described, like Terrence mm-hmm. described, you know. Yeah, I think I think that is we need to bring some elements of that back into the present day. Because the more we produce and the more we consume, the more we pollute. So we need to have like drum circles and uh, that's yeah, I got. Yeah, that's uh, you know, um, <laughs> here's an interesting take perhaps on all this is that right where we are now is okay. That it's uh, like it's like a un, a pattern of energy. Like right now, society and we're psychedelics, even not all but being legal, and you know, Trump and all this stupid the politics, American, the American ego, and all this horrors of the world and inequality is just like the unfolding of a flower on a certain cosmic level pull way back and way back and you can see like the flower it's not bloomed yet but it's like it's like closed up but then it opens a little and eventually it becomes a bloom flower and right now it's at a pattern of energy that's a certain way but it will get to a cooperative sort of system and where we're all loving each other that orgiastic thing again like parents used to ter- call it uh, return to the archaic or some mm-hmm. like yeah that, archaic right? revival yeah that's right yeah so perhaps you could talk about that like what about patterns of energy how how can someone out there 
or is it or even with that? How can we sort of allow things to be as they are? Do we always have to be like upset about the world? I mean, maybe you could talk to that. Well, ideally not, but uh, it's pretty hard not to be worried about things when you're in the middle of a pandemic. The best way to make sense of historical events I've found is archetypal astrology. Go into that, please. And uh, uh, right now, uh, it seems like there's a lot of Saturn, which is the archetype of restriction and limitations uh, and the um, realities of biological life of aging and disease and, and we're we're uh besotten with these pathogens as you know if seven eight million years of human primates half of them have died from infections but that and, and but that that's going to end and then you get into what you're talking about is like uranus which is about revolution and uh, transformation often like a scientific insight maybe we're going to get to fusion or something and, and as those planets become or that planet transits and becomes more powerful I don't really know exactly what's going on in the stars right now. You have to listen to uh, Rick Tarnas is the expert on that. But you Google his name and uh, he's got a couple of great books where he goes through art and culture and history and explains it in terms of the planetary archetypes. Uh, and yeah. it's uh, you compelling. Tell us about, uh, uh, some more about the, the books you have. You told about one of the books, but you have other books now? Uh, no, I just have Shemar Graffiti, but I've, I'm, I'm coming out with a second edition. But I'm also working on another book because I'm really interested in the Enneagram of Personality. Have you ever heard of that? What is it again? It's called the Enneagram, the Enneagram of Personality. No, go into that. That sounds cool. There's nine different uh, types of people in this. And as you evolve, you become more like another type. For instance, I'm a four. And the fours are creative, intuitive, depressive, introverted. And for me to integrate, I go to one, which is rational, principled, orderly, disciplined. So uh, my next book is going to be Shamanic Enneagram. So Shamanic Graffiti and then Shamanic Enneagram, Babylon's Reckoning, Enlightened Beardo and the Shamanic Enneagram. It's a bit like the, not to compare it to the Mahabharata. Good title. Yeah, yeah thanks, man. Uh, but it's got all these kind of spiritual lessons in it, and it's a sci-fi kind of action uh, novel where these uh, they're trying to take a perfect enneagram of nine different types and then get them to meditate, and then they produce an overmind. And so there's a good overmind and a bad overmind, basically, and they're battling it out. And in the process, you learn about the Enneagram and this thing I do called Nine Lives, where you try to do nine things every day, like journaling and Qigong and pranayam and uh, creative workshops and exercise. And so that's that what I'm working cool. on. I want to go into something about that, sort of my uh, take on that is, uh, you know, the, the culture of ego that uh, as far as... Um, you know, uh, it's basically the American domination, the culture of ego, the that sense has, has dominated most of the world. And from my perspective, this is about the obsession with individual differences. And most people, 99% are living in this reality. They go out, what do they notice? Like things like you're talking about, personality, or they might know to be obsessed with race. They might be obsessed with gender, uh, body types, whatever. But the point is, they go out, and that's the main thing they notice. They send out a vibration, a mind uh, vibration of they look around, and their mind is putting people in a black, white, man, woman. Uh, this one's a happy person. This one's a shy, 
all that is that that is their main reality. And what I noticed is that you could live in this other reality all the time where you go out and all you see is yourself. So you see through all those costumes and you see in these people is just like a consciousness that that's you that you're not separate from. And the packaging, all that individual differences is the packaging. And what this is the part I want you to talk about is that that becomes the ground. You're grounded in seeing it all as yourself. And then the individual differences and the personalities, they don't go away. They're there, but it's packaging. And they're like less that you're you're focused and grounded in the oneness while you Mm -hmm. just like it's a part. You see what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. Richard Alpert said that. One of the things that psychedelics did was uh, shift the think, the figured ground relationship. So normally people see what's different about each other, and with psychedelics they tended to see what was the same. And uh, and he also said that everyone is God in drag or something like that, or like Shiva in drag. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I mean, some people are all you know freaked out by the G word. It could just be consciousness or the self or that kind mm. of thing. But mm-hmm. regardless. It's it's like from our perspective, that is reality, and all this uh, other stuff is like a dream. And I don't put down all the other stuff. That's good. The dream is fine. It's just we rest in this place beyond that dream, and in this place within ourselves. And you know what you realize is maybe you could talk about this is when you do become like you know a lot of people look at the spiritual communities, psychedelic communities, everybody's becoming so special. I'm a spiritualist, I'm a starseed, I'm a light worker, I'm this guru, I'm this yogi, I'm Bikram, and come into my hotel room and I'll bang you. <laughs> you know, all that kind of stuff. That seems to be what people are into. Not all, but some a, a, a big chunk of people, that's where they're going with this stuff. But when you really want to, not for the powers, not for fun, but you just want to go within and get the truth. You see, it's nothing special that we all have this truth within us and you kind of become this nobody special. You just merge into it all. So how can we fit that nothing special, nobody special stuff in with the the personality cults and the spiritual community and these big holy people? And uh, Well, you know, you want to be sattva, right? Everybody's a shaman now, you know. So Yeah, yeah. But you, but you want to be sattva. Yeah, like yoga yoga's opposites, right? There's Rajas and Thomas. There's yin and yang. And you want to be sattva. So you have this personality and this ego and you're invested into it, but only up to a certain point so that you have a sense of humor about it. And you can still uh, you can still function in the world without being an asshole. Yeah, and so what? Say someone's out there and they're 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 dealing with this like you know like spiritual community specialness and all these things we were talking about, and then they're seeing the nothing specialness, and and what what did where do they go from there? They start to see it's not about being special. It doesn't matter if they're a star seed or a light worker or a super high yogi. They just want to get on with it. How how do they avoid a, some sort of pitfall of ego? Do you have any advice for them? Uh, well, you have to have friends around you that tell you what's really happening, and that actually are honest, or you're in trouble. And and I've seen that happen to people all the time. They're surrounded by yes men. Like and uh, absolutely, one hundred 
percent. That's exactly that what happened. Created in him a psych, kind of psychosis where he justified all his sexual assaults or something. He was like in a, a sociopathic kind of trip. Yeah, 100 percent. He was sense. surrounded. Right, we reached the end of the show, but Marcus, this has been a really awesome conversation. It didn't really go in uh, the way I thought it was going to go, and that's cool. We kind of like oh, went here yeah, and there, that's great. and it was like a dance. I felt like we yeah. kind of danced, but not in a gay way. It wasn't gay. Oh my God, it wasn't gay. <laughs> I danced with a guy, but it wasn't gay. I swear to God, it wasn't gay. <laughs> anyway, all right, y'all. Thanks for being on the show, Marcus. Uh, uh, tell Thanks everybody your link. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Where they can find about you. Therummery.ca is my website, and my Twitter handle is therummery. And I'm uh, uh, Marcus Rummery on Facebook if you want to hit me up there. All right, everybody, check out all that stuff. Thank you for listening. This has been Under the Blanket with your host, Baba Here Love. And I'm, but I'm not Baba Here Love, goddammit. I'm nobody special. We're all the same being. And I just realized something that's nothing special. We all got it within ourselves when you get beyond the melodrama. All right, bye, everyone. I'll see you everywhere as everyone and everything.